Hello and welcome back or welcome to the Riley Breakfield Show. I am your host, Riley Breakfield. This is a show where we talk about sports, gambling, and pretty much whatever else is going on in the world and whatever comes to my big brain, whatever I feel I need to talk about. Um, so yeah, if that's something you're into, make sure to stick around, check out other episodes. But you always want to stay up to date because for the most part I am talking gambling advice, you know, talking about college sports mostly, pro sports, NFL here and there. Um, I am currently watching this Bengals-Bills game. Um, currently at the point here where DeMar Hamlin uh, had that scary hit. Um, can't really tell what's going on. Obviously, I have the game on mute here. But kind of you know, seeing the Bills players in distress kind of worries me. I hope everything's all right. You know, Kind of a weird situation there where he gets the tackle, gets up, and then just faints immediately and hits his head like that. It's kind of scary look. Hope that he's okay. So hopefully there's some good news that comes out of that. Um, but don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, anything. You want it, you got it. I'm there. Bradley Breakfield is most of my names on the internet on the social medias, on the internet, as I like to say, like an old man. Um, but today's show gonna be hitting some news. Um, top five, my top five worst type of dudes. Um, also, uh, college football playoff recap, college basketball game recap, um, other bowl game recap here. Um, you know, then a couple of college basketball games I'm looking at this week that should be good, and then a couple of NFL thoughts to close out the show here. So, uh, like I said, currently I am watching this Bills Bengals game. Um, there is actually a lot on the line in this game. You know, uh, the one spot is uh, at hand here. The Bills, you know, they're one game behind only because they haven't played yet. The, both these teams do have the tiebreaker over the over the Chiefs, so they each each of them could win it and have that one spot and you know, be able to take over the cheese for that one spot. So a lot on the line here. Um, hopefully, you know, things can get going here. Hopefully everything's okay. Um, still cutting away here. I just worries me. I hope something's okay. I saw Josh was sitting there talking to Joe. So hopefully everything's all right, man. they cutting the break. Scary situation, scary situation. Um, but other than that, there was quite a few good bowl games today as well. Um, started off with uh, Mississippi State, Illinois, there in Tampa Bay with the big old pirate ship in the background. Um, Mississippi State had those badass-looking helmets that had the the big old pirate flag on them. Those look sweet. They end up winning the game. You know, put a great game-winning drive together, kick the field goal. They're up 13-10. Illinois has a crazy attempt. Four seconds left, trying to get the ball down, doing the laterals, doing everything they could. Somehow the ball ends up in. Mississippi State's hands, and they end up scoring to close out the game. You know, Mississippi State covers the spread. Wild, wild way to end the game. It was just an awesome, awesome fashion. And it's kind of a shout out to Mike Leach. So it was, that was really cool. You know, then LSU beat the dog piss out of Purdue. You know, like it really shows, in my opinion, Purdue, a team that had a great season this year. You know, Charlie Jones opts out. Aiden O'Connell drops out. Aiden O'Connell obviously going to the draft. You know, it really shows the what having like a, a top top fifty, honestly, talented quarterback in the country can do do for your team as a whole, and how how good you can be and how bad you can be. Because if you have a top tier quarterback, things just move a lot simpler. Saw that for Penn State, Utah, in the Rose Bowl here at the end of the game. Once Cam Rising went out, Utah fell apart. They have a top twenty, top thirty tier quarterback in college football, and once you lose that you're not as good, you know, having that talent definitely helps, definitely helps your team out a lot. Tulane also ended up winning the Cotton Bowl today. K 
came back a couple seconds left, got the win. It was exciting for them. Good to see for Tulane. Lincoln Riley, you know, the defense still giving up tons of points, still not being able to tackle, whatever. Hopefully they get, get that figured out to, before next year because it's not, it's not working very well. A couple other uh, crazy news stories here. Actor Jeremy Renner, most famous for uh, Hawkeye. Really, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I know he's been plenty of other stuff. Good actor. Um, he, I guess he's in critical condition, critical but stable condition because he uh, he got in a snowplow incident. I, I'm trying to envision how that would happen, and I just don't know what the fuck happened, I guess. Did he get ran over? Because if he did, that would be that would be shitty. That would be really shitty. But who knows? Who knows? Edward Norton found out that he is uh, his great-grandmother, his 12th great-grandmother is Pocahontas somewhere in that. It just has to feel racist, but it's not. So good for good for him, I guess. That's crazy that Edward Norton, a famous person, is Pocahontas. Seems like Illuminati for sure. It has to have some sort of ties to Illuminati. And then you talk about Illuminati, Jeffree Star over the weekend going off on Twitter saying the Illuminati was trying to get her, she was going to out them, all this bunch of shit. If only we knew what they were doing to Kanye and Britney, all sorts of stuff, you know, saying she had some info on them, just wild and crazy stuff, and who knows, probably true. Illuminati's probably real, you know, the Hollywood elite, they're probably all a part of it. Everyone knows that, it's just common knowledge. If you don't know that, then you live under a rock like Patrick Starr and you're dumber than a fucking rock. Point blank period. If you don't know that, then I don't know. Get on the train with it. But other than that, there was only one other funny little tidbit of news I saw. Um, starting on January 1st, in the state of Missouri, you cannot be caught sleeping on any state-owned property. It will be a $750 fine and 15 days in jail. So basically trying to get rid of the homeless popu population by, like, if you're homeless and you get caught sleeping, you're going to get in jail, which could be good for them. You know, yeah, you might just get a bunch of fines, but jail time, at least get three hots in a cot. That's all that matters, right? So could be could be good for them. I just fall asleep right in right in Main Main Street. Be like, oh, no, gosh, darn it. That's what I would do. That's a smart move if you're homeless. If you're the homeless and you're seeing this or hearing this, that's, that's the way to get a, you know, you can make your life out of that. Get yourself back on track. You know, perfect way right there. Perfect way. But that's about all the news. Moving on though, got a got a good top five this week. I'll drink a little bit of water here before I go off on this one. This week, I am doing the, my top five worst type of dudes. Just the absolute worst type of dudes. Everyone knows that these are the worst type of dudes. Guys know these, girls know it. It's just the worst type of dudes, right? Number five, you know, the dudes, the alcohol is their personality. Everything they do in their life, they're consistently drunk. They're pretty much a drunk. They just don't. They function just barely enough, but their only real personality trait is alcohol, and they think that it is their personality trait. Every story starts off with, oh, I was shit hammered, you know. They're just fucked up. They're usually always fucked up, usually a little bit rapey, too, you know. It just kind of goes with drinking all the time. So that's my number five worst type of dude. Number four is the over-the-top. Woman's right activists. Everyone knows that you're lying. Everyone knows it's you're you're trying too hard. You know, no one likes to try hard, especially no one. Just no one likes to try hard. No one likes to try hard. It makes you, it's sad. It just, uh, it grosses everybody out. 
And that's what it just seems like to me. It's just you're trying too hard to, you know, just to just please stop. Number three, got to be hot dudes. You know, if, if you're just a random hot dude that just is out in the wild, it doesn't make sense. You're, you're a horrible person. You should be an actor. You should be a model. You shouldn't be working construction. You should be working at Target. You should be doing something professional athletes. You should be doing something with your life, man. You just You can't just be a hot dude just walking around the world among the rest of us. It's just not fair. It's just not right. Think of the rest of us. Think of the rest of us, please, because you, you make all of us other men uncomfortable because you know why? We look at you and are like, damn, if I was a girl, I'd probably hit that. So you make us uncomfortable. So if you're a hot dude, please just stop living in everyday life. We don't. It's not fair. It's disgusting that you're that kind of person with that to the rest of us. Number two, worst type of dude, all those 40-year-old, you know, middle-class husbands, you know, they're a little bit fit, usually a little bit shorter, stockier build. You know, they drive those those big jacked-up trucks, you know, what everyone says about if you have a big truck, you know, you have a little dick, all that stuff. They, they don't care about that, even though they know it's true deep down. They got their big truck. They own a boat. They have a decently nice house, you know, quite a few kids. Think they're just the toughest guy in town. But in reality, they're just they're annoying, and nobody really likes them because they're so arrogant, and they just walk around like they're so tough. But you know that like their 12-year-old son could probably beat them up. Just those arrogant, arrogant prick old 40-year-old white men that just – the ones that own a boat usually, it's pretty simple. You own a boat, you know, just kind of goes hand in hand. You make a hundred grand a year, you own a boat, you're kind of just a piece of shit. just seems to work out that way. Well, all hands down, my number one worst type of dude has to be the fake country dudes, man, especially the ones on TikTok, the ones that are always posting – you know, I'll do all this for my woman. You know, I'll make sure my woman stays home and homeschools our kid. You know, basically trapping her in that house and making sure she never leaves. And then, you know, they're like always like, oh, yeah, me and my four buddies. I always see these ones. These ones are my favorite. Talk about me and my four buddies could take on anybody. And I'm like, bro, come on. You and your four buddies, like what? And they just act like they're so tough and they do all this ranching stuff and they're big, tough cowboy hats. Those, those are the worst type of dudes, my favorite types of people. Absolutely. Well, they're not my favorite. They're my favorite to hate, I guess. The worst type, but also my favorite. So, shout out fake country dudes. Appreciate you guys so much. Moving on now, after talking about horrible people that make my make my life way worse, talk about people that made my life better this weekend. College football playoff, TCU getting the job done against Michigan. I knew all year long Michigan was a bunch of frauds. I knew that they couldn't do it. I knew that they just they just weren't built to win a national title. I've been riding TCU all year. You know, I once I saw the success they were having and started watching them play, I was like, this team is legit. Michigan hadn't played anyone this tough. You, see, you know, they just they came out and they just they honestly they got punched in the mouth on that first play. Then after that first play, it was basically TCU shut them down. Michigan does that stupid doy doy play. I don't know why you run like the Philly special when you're the number one, supposed to be the best rushing team in the country, and you have the opportunity to just go up seven to nothing on the first drive, like not even two, three minutes into the game, and you decide to do that. Yeah, that's when I knew that the game was over because I was like, Jim Harbaugh's retarded. He's he he's not built. He's not built for the big games. He's just so stupid. You know, TCU obviously gets that gets that fourth down stop. Offense goes three and out, okay, and then boom, right there back. TCU's on defense, okay, here we go, here we go, boom, pick six. Those, you know, those five plays right there after that first big one really, really like changed the game. 
ultimately. And I think from that point on, TC was pretty much in the driver's seat, you know, shut down Michigan, got them on a three and out, go down, get three points, you know. And then it was just kind of they were in control the whole game. Michigan would jump up every now and then. Then a big play would happen. Then another pick six, you know, fumble, that touchdown that probably was a touchdown. I could see why the refs called it at the one-yard line, but that was ultimately a, a big deciding factor in the game. But from that point on, I think TCU was pretty much in control the whole time. They ultimately, defense made plays when it had to. You know, they got burned here and there. But when they did, the offense would go and put them up by more. They'd strike and get a score, make sure that they stayed up. So ultimately, TCU was in control that whole game. And without a doubt, in my opinion, deserved every right to be there. And I think they have a legit shot to beat Georgia. And, you know, for Michigan... I, I don't know what's wrong with them. I, I think they're built to compete in the Big Ten. They're built to beat Ohio State, but they're not built to really compete at this top-tier level. I mean, yeah, you know, they are built on running the ball in outside two big runs by J.J. McCarthy and that first one by Donovan Edwards. They really they got stuffed in the run game. They were forced to pass the ball, and J.J. McCarthy's not the best passer. Everyone knows that. I mean, had two interceptions, you know. Just not the best day overall for him, forcing him to throw. He didn't disappoint, but he didn't didn't have to make too many crazy throws, in my opinion. So, ultimately, Michigan, I think they need to open up the playbook a little bit more. They need to get more efficient with the passing game and the running game, find a better balance, and, you know, be able to defend the pass a little bit better on defense as well. But on the other hand, Ohio State, they, they performed very well for the Big Ten this weekend. You know, obviously you look at the box score and you, you don't really look at it and think, how did Ohio State lose this game? Downright, it was a good performance, in my opinion, by Ohio State. You know, they they lost the yardage battle, but on defense, they, you know, it, it, was, the, it was very easy. Average, or not average, it was very similar on both sides of the ball for both teams. Same amount of pass yards, about same amount of rush yards. Georgia outgained them a little bit here, there. But other than that, I mean, it was a good game. You know, Ohio State didn't turn the ball over. C.J. Stroud was running the ball when he could. He had four touchdown passes. He had like 340-some yards. The run game was decent. It wasn't great. It never really has been for Ohio State. Defense, I mean, they caused a turnover. They played when they had to. It just came down to... They didn't score when they needed to, and then the, the horrible field goal, man. I, I saw that kick, and I was like, that had to have been blocked, right? That had to have been tipped or something. There's no way he missed that bad. No, he just missed that bad. You know, that's a horrible way to end the game. But that's just how it goes, I guess. And Ohio State legit had a chance to win that game, had a chance. I think they should have pushed the ball more on offense, tried to score, but they didn't. Um, I don't know. I think it was a good performance. Um, I think that Georgia is beatable. I think Ohio State did an awesome game plan, and I think TCU is better than Ohio State. I think TCU can get the job done. We saw against Michigan, the defense played phenomenal. Everyone said you know, that Michigan was to jam the ball down their throats. They didn't do that. Georgia's a pretty heavy run team as well. Did they can step up and play the same same results? I'm, I'm rocking TCU money line. I'm tweeting it out every day until it happens, until the big day. TCU money line, TCU money line, TCU money line, because I'm already calling it right now. TCU's going to win the national title. And if they do, holy shit, chaos in the streets, man. It would be unfucking real if they did. College football would be wide open. 
wide open. As far as this college, little college basketball recap, um, I was pretty much wrong about everything I said about the, the weekend. Um, North Carolina got upset by Pitt. That one was a pretty good game. North Carolina was leading for the most part up until the second half. Pitt kind of just snuck in there and took it away. Notre Dame didn't show up at all. Miami beat that ever-living dog piss out of them. Um, what else? Xavier, they pulled the upset against UConn. That one hurt me the most. Um, what else was there? Oh, Texas Tech. They were in control for most of the game against TCU. Then down the stretch, they just fell apart and they lost it. That one hurt me the most because I'm always rocking Texas Tech. And then Arizona, Arizona State money line. I know, or not money line, over, under. That one did not hit. So I pretty much, everything was just dog shit. It did not go my way. I was feeling so hot when it came to college basketball. Now I'm like, holy hell. Uh, I suck again. But hey, we rock on, right? But plenty, plenty of college basketball this week. Um, I only narrowed each night down to three games because quite a few of these nights had quite a bit of games. Didn't want to over-ramble. Didn't want to really do too much research. I didn't really necessarily have the time, so I didn't want to give out a bad product. So only three per night. Tuesday night. Um, tonight, you know, because you're listening to this Tuesday morning. Tonight, when you got when you're bored, wanting to watch some college basketball, Kansas Texas Tech um, is going is going to be happening. This should be a really good game. Jalen Wilson's been dominating. Kansas has been dominating. I think they've only lost one game up to this point in the season. Texas Tech just had that bad loss against TCU, where like I said, they were in control for most of the game. So huge bounce back opportunity for him. You know, back at home, you have a top five team coming into town. You want to be competitive. You're pissed off because you lost because you're winning. You're winning most of that game. And, you know, I'm, every, as long as Kevin O'Banner's at Texas Tech and they're playing defense, I'm rocking Texas Tech. So I don't, the line wasn't out yet when I looked this up. Or was it? No, yeah, the line wasn't out yet when I was doing my research for this. So no matter what, I'm going to go Texas Tech money line. Point blank period. I got to have it. I need it. It's in my, like I said, Kevin O'Banner and they're playing defense, Texas Tech. Mississippi State, Tennessee. Ten, uh, Mississippi State, um, two-game losing streak right now. Tennessee is probably not the team you want to play when you're trying to get out of a little bit of slump. I think Tennessee is going to win this one pretty easily. I think Mississippi State will be competitive, but I feel like they're kind of on the downhill turn right now. Kind of going to be getting in their own heads. Um, I expect the line to kind of be around five or something. Um, I'm taking Tennessee anywhere from minus seven, uh, seven and below is, is what I'm taking them at. Just seems right. Just seems easy. Kansas State, Texas, uh, Kansas State coming into town with only one loss on the season and not, and a couple uh, a couple marquee wins really and you know they do have a trio of guys that can score a lot of points. Um, three different guys have scored twenty, or I think it's actually four guys have scored twenty. Three have are like their top tier scores. One guy was kind of a fluke game, but I mean still he scored twenty points. But Texas, you know they're a top ten team. Um, offensively right now they're uh, a fringe top 10 defensively playing really really good football or playing really really good basketball sorry there's playing a commercial about football and I was staring at it and talking at the same time but they're playing really good basketball I think the Longhorns will win this one pretty easily saying by at least six that's kind of the number I'm looking at for the spread six around six feels good eight at the most probably is what I would take but I'm feeling pretty confident in Kansas on that one Wednesday night, also quite a few big-time games. 
UConn, Providence, UConn, obviously fresh off their loss to Xavier over the weekend. You know, disappointing. Playing Providence, Providence has been all right to start the season. I just feel like this is just a big bounce-back spot for UConn. I think they're going to be a little pissed off. They finally lost the game, you know. That kind of will inspire teams, but also takes a load off teams, and they can perform a lot better. So for me, I really like that. I think UConn could win this game by 10, honestly. So anywhere, if the spread's anywhere 10 and below, definitely take it. Any higher than 10, wouldn't risk it, but I'm very confident UConn's going to have a huge bounce-back spot in this game. Missouri, Arkansas. Missouri's only got one loss. Fresh off their big upset against Kentucky last week. Arkansas, 13th in the country, just fresh off their big loss to LSU last week. You know, both these teams kind of in different spots. Missouri trending up, Arkansas kind of going down a little bit. But to me, Arkansas is just a different animal. They're back at home. You know, they're upset. They fresh off a loss. You know, Eric Musselman's a top 10 coach in the country, in my opinion. I think he gets his team right back to where they need to be. I'm going to be rocking on Arkansas side. I'm expecting to be at the spread about five. So anywhere below five is money. Take that for sure. TCU, Baylor. TCU obviously fresh off of their big, you know, another another win against Texas Tech over the weekend. I think this game kind of comes down to uh, what Mike Miles can do um, because Baylor, you know, they're okay offensively. Texas or TCU is really good defensively. Um, Baylor's not the best defensively, so if TCU can keep it close and Mike Miles can get going, I think that TCU wins this game pretty easily. I, I could see the over even hitting at this one as long as it's a, you know, a little lower, around the 140 range. 140 or below, probably. Thursday, to close out the week, three more pretty jam-packed games that should be pretty good here. Purdue, Ohio State, um, does the number one team in the country fall right here? I'm kind of leaning towards Ohio State money line on this one. It just feels like that time in the year, you know, UConn, UConn lost, New Mexico, um, the only other team that hasn't lost yet. They're playing pretty good. Ohio State hasn't played yet this week. Purdue is playing tonight, I believe. So I think that gives them kind of a disadvantage. I'm going to be a little bit tired traveling into Ohio State, you know, all the students are more than likely back. You know, everyone's a little upset about, you know, losing the college football playoff, but then you get everyone back, and they're like, okay, we got basketball to root for now. Okay, who's coming? Number one team. Crowd's going to be there, I feel like. So I'm going to go Ohio State money line probably on Thursday night. Indiana, Iowa, um, battle of the bigs here. Tracy Jackson Davis, Chris Murray, both these guys can score like crazy. Um, I'm really liking the over here. I think the – the max I'm taking it at is probably about 142. That feels right. I feel like this is a 75-type ball game. Um, but other than that, it gets risky to me because both these teams, you know, can – if no one else is scoring, no one else is helping contribute to the load, you know, those two guys can't do it by themselves. But I have a feeling they're going to be going back and forth. So that, to me, really intrigues me to take the over on that one. As long as that's at, like, the 142 range. Gonzaga, San Francisco, um, not too much to say about this one. You know, it just intrigues me. I, I see this going so many different ways, possibly. Gonzaga blowing them out. You know, San Francisco possibly doing a blowout. You know, close Gonzaga win, close San Francisco win. Tons of points, no points at all. You know, one team scoring a lot, one team not scoring. I just see it going so many different ways. You know, the game is at San Francisco. San Francisco, you know, they've been playing good basketball as of late. They are a good team. You know, Gonzaga is tough. So 
we'll see what happens here. I just don't know what, which way to go as far as gambling-wise. I'm just excited to watch it, and I think it should be a, a game you should definitely check out. But that's all for college basketball this week. Finishing out the show here, just a couple NFL thoughts. You know, as we're kind of dwindling down, still no news here what's going on with the Bills-Bengals game. Hopefully hopefully they get figured out. Hopefully they get the chance to play. Hopefully everything's all right with Darwin Hamlin. So, sad, sad deal. But uh, Commanders decided to go with Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback this weekend, and it pretty much was their ultimate demise of their playoff hopes. Um, they lost, obviously, and then after the game, Ron Rivera had an all-time quote um, when asked if that he knew. A reporter asked him if he knew that uh, if the Vikings um, were to lose today, that they would ultimately be eliminated from the playoffs. He said, "No, he did not know that." And he also looked pretty terrified when he said this in his face. He looked pretty scared. Um, ultimately, that ended up happening. They're now out of the playoffs. Buccaneers locked up a playoff spot. Um, I feel like they're definitely going to be the team. They're going to pull off the upset. They're, they're they're not the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Buccaneers. You know, I feel like the Bucks will probably rest all their starters this week, get all their good guys a little bit of rest um, before the game next week. So in turn, I, I just feel like the Buccaneers are definitely the team you don't want to play for the four seed. Whether if you know the Cowboys pull something crazy off and steal the division, the Eagles got to play them. I think the Bucks could even be the Eagles. It's leaning Cowboys right now, but you don't want that. And, you know, the AFC is still up for grabs, still a couple spots there. It's coming down to uh, Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers. Uh, also, Jaguars and Titans. Jags Titans will play on Saturday for the division. Winner is ultimately in. But I don't know what happens if, say, the Titans win. Um, and Jaguars would still be sitting there at 8-9. and nine. Um, And then if the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers all lost and were 8-9 and well. So, Something crazy could happen there. That is definitely a real possibility. Um, don't know who's going to win, who's going to take that seven spot. I really don't. I want to lean towards the Dolphins because they're playing the Jets, but you never know. You never know. You never you never do know. Giants clinch the playoff spot, though. You know, lock theirs up as well, only leaving one spot left out in the NFC, battling for the Seahawks, Lions, and Packers. Every single one of them won this weekend. Lions and Packers will play on Sunday night football. Um, Seahawks win. They're not ultimately in. Um, Seahawks win and Lions win. Seahawks are in. Lions need the Seahawks to lose. Um, Packers win. Packers are in. Lions would need to win. And obviously Seahawks lose. So Seahawks also get in if Packers lose. Well, that's the same if the Lions win. Whatever. But that's kind of ultimately what's happening there. Um, but... That's about it. That's about all I got for to say today. Hope you have a happy new year. I'm hoping to hit some new goals, hoping to hit some new subscribers, hoping to grow my show, hoping to grow my podcast. So please, if you could help me out by doing that, don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Follow me on all my social media platforms. Um, send to friends, send to family members. Tell them to come check me out. Whatever you can do to help me out would be greatly appreciated. I hope you have a great new year. Um, other than that, for now, your boy Titties is out. <laughs>